Thanks for joining us on Stand Strong in the Word podcast with author, speaker, and worldview expert, Jason Jimenez. Stand Strong in the Word podcast is devoted to walking listeners through the Bible in a fresh and powerful way. We pray your spirit is nourished as you gain new perspectives and a renewed appreciation for God's Word. Now, here's Jason Jimenez. Welcome to Stand Strong in the Word podcast. Jason Jimenez here. So glad that you're tuning in on this podcast today. You know, this one's going to be a really cool one because, as you know, in the canonical Gospels, not much is mentioned about the life the childhood, if you will, uh, of Jesus Christ. It's more like a mystery. Um, all we really have when you look at the Gospels, and particularly in the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke, is about his birth. And then we're told about the story of the wise men that visited him roughly around the age of two years old. And then we have here in Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 41 to 52, this account about Jesus uh, going with his parents to, for the feast of Passover, and he enters the temple at about about the age of twelve. Now, even though that's what we know, other people have attempted to write accounts about Jesus Christ in his childhood. These are known as pseudepigraphal writings. These are fanciful writings. They carry no credibility whatsoever. So, for example, there is a kind of a Gnostic writings out there known as the Infancy Gospel of Thomas. That was written around the second century. It describes an episode when Jesus made clay birds and then he brought them to life. Another episode tells of Jesus cursing a boy who then turns into a dead corpse. Again, these are false accounts of Jesus Christ. They have no bearing whatsoever to the canonical writings. So as we look at Luke chapter 2, you know, it's almost like Luke gives us a window into the childhood of Jesus. And then after this, after verse 52, Luke chapter 2, it goes dark. There's nothing else mentioned after his... A visit to the temple at 12 years old. And then we're told, obviously, when he comes to be baptized by John the Baptist. Now, I want to make an emphasis here as we look at this account and are reminded that the Gospels are not designed to center around the childhood of Jesus Christ. They are centered around the fact that what Paul told us in Philippians chapter 2, verse 7, that Jesus came and he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man. So the life and teaching and death and resurrection of Jesus, that's the focal point as you and I know. So let's pick things up in Luke chapter 2, beginning verse 41. It says, Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group... They went a day's journey, but then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, Why are you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And when he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them, and his mother treasured up all these things in her heart, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. 
Wow. So there's a lot here in this passage. So let's kind of, as we normally do, just kind of briefly work through the passage and pull out some, some highlights here. Now notice here in verse 41, when Jesus is left behind, why is he left behind? Well, because he says he was going to be of his father's business. Well, why were they there in the first place? This is what I want to look at. In verse 41, we're told they came because of the feast of Passover. Now, right after the feast of Passover was the feast of unleavened bread, and that would go on for seven days. For example, we see this in Exodus 23, 15, Leviticus 23, 4 and 8, and Deuteronomy 16, verses 1 through 8. Now, Passover was a time of intimate reflection of God's deliverance. From what? If you remember, you go back to the book of Exodus, they were delivered, the Hebrew people were delivered out of the hands of Pharaoh. They were enslaved to him. They were in bondage to, to Pharaoh in Egypt. So Passover was a reminder of that enslavement that their, their, their forefathers were under. But also Passover was also an anticipatory feast as the Jews awaited the coming of the Messiah, their deliverer. So keep that in mind. So here in verse 42, we're told that Jesus is 12 years old. Okay, so they're celebrating the Passover. They're now entering into the Feast of Unleavened Bread. This is a time when they're anticipating the return of Christ, if you will, to deliver the Messiah. And so Jesus at 12 years old is considered a son of the law. Okay, so he's entering the temple, which was very customary. And it's quite clear, I believe, when you look at this text, that Jesus knew clearly what his mission was on earth. I get that question a lot, by the way, is people oftentimes like, well, when did Jesus know he was the son of God? When he was an infant, when he was two, when the wise men came to visit him, when he was here at the temple? Well, what I do know is, well, the passage right here that we're discussing um, talks about is that Jesus did know at this time. He knew his mission on earth and and it's it's no accident that he does this at the time where they were coming to celebrate the, the Passover as well as the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Because ultimately, if you and I remember, who is the one that was broken for us, that he had no sin in him, that's Jesus. So all this is a foreshadowing of Jesus to come. Now notice it says in verse 43 that his parents didn't know it. Now, it was required for Jewish men to observe at least three of the annual feasts. So, as I mentioned before, the Passover which was one of the feasts that they came to, to celebrate, is the most important of all of them. Tens of thousands of Jewish people would flood into Jerusalem, practically doubling the population during these two feasts. The people would travel in large groups, sharing the load and keeping watch of each other's children. Now, Jesus was probably going through the ceremony process okay, of the Son of the Law, which, by the way, that's where we get the word bar mitzvah. That's where it comes from, son of the law. So they, they're arriving now as a young adult, okay? And so during Passover, this was very customary. So Jesus arrived in the company probably before he was, he was celebrating his bar mitzvah at the Passover. He probably came in the company of women because he was at the time was still considered a boy. But after the Passover, more than likely, you know, with him now being... Uh, considered a man being the son of the law, um, he was probably traveling with the men now. So he came as a boy and he left as a man. Now, this being the case, it's probably why Mary and Joseph 
uh, you know, missed Jesus in the process because Mary probably thought Joseph had him and Joseph probably thought that Mary, Mary had him. Uh, whatever the case, this is probably, you know, instead of thinking that Mary and Joseph were bad parents, of course, losing the son of God, uh, what an understatement that is, right? But nevertheless, I think that there's some confusion here that one thought that he was with the other. Now, notice what it says here, though, that Jesus, he stayed behind. So he never left with them. So he deliberately and intentionally stayed behind. Behind This was no accident. Jesus, again, knew exactly what he was doing. Now, notice verses 46 through 51, Jesus questions the religious teachers. So in, in verse 46, there it says that he, he was founded in temple. Now, on the Sabbaths and the feasts, this is what's really cool. Members of the temple Sanhedrin, what they would do is they would come out on the terrace, which is the temple courtyards, and they would teach the people. The most brilliant, could you imagine this? The most brilliant of the temple leaders would offer up some of the most profound questioning and teaching. So when it says here in verse 46, they were sitting among the teachers. So Jesus at 12, okay, he's a son of the law. He knows his mission. He intentionally stays behind. He doesn't leave with his parents. And so Jesus sat in this circle and he's listening to the teachers and thereby it says asking questions. This literally in the Greek means to inquire or to investigate, to counter question. Now notice verse 46, when Jesus is sitting in the circle, he's asking these questions. This says that they were amazed. Literally, this word amazed is to be astounded. They weren't able to fully grasp or comprehend what they were experiencing at the moment. So let me literally put it this way, because this is what the Greek carries. The teachers, these are the smartest people that would come out there and engage the people during Sabbaths and feasts, right? They were literally blown away. Or I love this phrase in the Greek, they were shaken at the core, at the level of insight and understanding that Jesus, this 12-year-old, possessed. Okay, so let me put this in context. And you got to imagine, remember, they didn't know who this 12-year-old was. None of the religious leaders had taken this young man under their wing. So he had no rabbi who was investing in him. He was a poor young man who worked with his father, who was a carpenter. So if if, if they had some, some young... Uh, uh, sons of the law around them that they, they were like pupils to them. That's one thing because they can say, okay, you're my pupil. I've been teaching you and they kind of give them opportunity in front of other people to ask the questions and, you know, in front of the religious leaders as a way of seeing how smart they were. Jesus, they had no knowledge who this person was. So literally the insight and understanding, the way in which Jesus investigated and inquired and counter questioned what these religious leaders were saying, in essence would be like this. You think of a sixth grader who would be at the same intellectual level of uh, Albert Einstein? Or could you imagine a sixth grader uh, scoring on Michael Jordan or beating Tiger Woods in his prime? That's the level of brilliance. This is why they were shaken at the core because this 12-year-old, his ability to understand the law and to question it at its root, at its core, blew them away. Now, after three days, Mary and Joseph finally find out what happened to Jesus. And notice this phrase in verse 49 that Jesus says. He says, didn't you not know that I must be of my father's business? 
See, Jesus' first act of business after his bar mitzvah, now you would think that Mary and Joseph would have known this, and they certainly knew who Jesus was if you go back to when they were announced by the, by the angel, by Gabriel. But, you know, you fast forward and it just as, again, as parents, they're trying to do their best. Of course, they're probably anticipating. There's probably some fear there and some, uh, their faith being stretched. And so losing a child in general and going days without understanding where uh, he was or what happened with him, you can understand how distraught they probably were. But Jesus brings comfort to them and he reminds them that, hey, listen, I'm fine. One, I've been at the temple, wasn't been in a bad place. Of course, they wouldn't figure that for Jesus because he's the son of God. But he reminds them that, hey, I'm doing what God has called me to do. And so his first act of business uh, after his bar mitzvah, I love this, is keeping to the law. And not just keeping to it, though, but as the Passover lamb to come, he was there in front of the religious leader saying, I am who you're, I am the person you're talking about and all, and all the law. I came to fulfill all of this. So Mary and Joseph now, at this stage of their life, their son is the son of God. Okay, he has always been that. But you can, but you just imagine the mental shifting that would take place with them to now realize that you know what, we're parents. We're going to worry for our kid, not because he's going to do wrong, but because of the anointing and calling he has on his life. But God has prepared us, and God has put um, us in front as parents to do the work of 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 God to advance our child as much as possible. So from that point on, what we're told in verse 52 is it just kind of gives us four little insights. And I think that a lot of, of uh, credibility, um, a lot of credit, I should say, goes to Mary and Joseph because it says here that he grew in height, which is his physical maturity. So they took care of the child. Uh, it also says that he grew up in wisdom, that he had mental maturity. Now, again, as I mentioned before, Jesus did not have direct access the way that a lot of wealthy Hebrew boys had, Jewish boys had with the rabbis, etc. Jesus had to learn on his own, essentially. His parents could not afford a lot, but he relied heavily on whatever they were able to give him. So he grew in, in height. He grew in, in wisdom. The Bible says he also grew in favor with God. This is his spiritual maturity and also favor with man, his social maturity. And I like how uh, Warren Wearsby puts it. He says, Jesus did not perform any miracles as a boy, traditions notwithstanding, as we mentioned earlier, because the turning of water into wine was the beginning of his miracles in John chapter 2. We'll be talking about that in later podcasts. Wearsby goes on to say, he worked with Joseph in the carpenter shop, Matthew 13, Mark 6, 3. And apparently, uh, he ran the business probably after Joseph died. Now, not much is mentioned about that. And we also know, Wearsby makes note of that Joseph and Mary had other children during um, the years of their marriage. And we see this in Matthew chapter 13, verses 55 through 56, and John chapter 7, verses 1 through 10. So here is the bottom line of, on our podcast today, that Jesus came into the temple and he says, I'm here to fulfill the law. And that is an amazing sign here at the age of 12 years old. I'm reminded of John 6, 38, that not only at the time in which he was 12, you could say, well, he had great ambition, and, you know, like a child says, oh, he wants to be a, a lawyer someday, or he wants to be a, a, a scientist one day, or in law enforcement, or in the military, or a pastor, and they have great ambition when they're young, 
right? And so you, some people can think, oh, Jesus was just very ambitious when he was 12. He didn't know what he was getting himself into. Well, no, later on in his Galilean ministry in John six thirty eight, we see that he, he was as of his father's business then. We see that the father says at his baptism, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And you see in John six thirty eight says, for I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Jesus never neglected that. He faithfully executed the task before him. For more information on Jason Jimenez and Stand Strong Ministries, visit us at standstrongministries.org. Thank you for listening and keep standing strong in the word of God.